Hey everyone, it's Ina Berman from NMP and you're watching another Mortgage Leadership Outlook, uh, the series that started uh, back actually in 2002, 2002 2020, uh, when things just started going crazy from coronavirus and we just wanted to figure out like, what do we do? We're pulling out our, our, our hair out of our ears, out of our heads, uh, and basically uh, we, we met with leaders, leaders, great leaders like the great Will Fisher, Who's joining us today? Uh, you know to talk about actually, you know the, you know what we were going through at that point, and we just kind of continue to have this dialogue to continue to meet with guys like Will, who is non-QM OG, was doing actually non-QM before <laughs> most of us even knew what the heck non-QM is. Thank you for joining us, Will. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Great to see you today. All right, so, so the first thing I want to do, like, listen, there's a, a couple of things I want to talk about. I want to talk about the future of non-QM, like, you know, the big opportunities, the big obstacles, you know, what do we see, you know, from a political standpoint now with a with a new administration. Uh, but but first, let's go back, actually, let's go back down, down memory lane and go back, actually, to your, you're at Penn State, you're going actually to school for marketing, and you're dreaming of being a mortgage banker? <laughs> Hardly. Um <laughs> <laughs> no one ever does that. Nobody ever does. This business finds you, and this business definitely found me. That's for that's for sure. But um, no, you know, it's a great story. I actually, graduated Penn State, um, went over to IBM. Great position in New York, uh, working in data storage. You know, back then, and they were just figuring out what a cloud could be and all that kind of fun stuff. And um, anywho, you know. 9-11 happened, this and that happened, the economy, the dot-coms busted, and wow, what an opportunity. So I came on out west, as a matter of fact, and uh, moved out to Mammoth, of all places, and uh, just got my start there, and from Mammoth, uh, moved on down to Orange County and uh, with a good opportunity, and uh, then got into the space at that point with a company called First Street Financial, and then from there, learned the business, went to Equifirst, Moved up from there, uh, went into retail for a little bit. Um, that was an interesting experience uh, doing retail. And that's why I have the utmost respect for loan officers and what they go through and the, com the conversations they have on a daily basis to understand the every borrower they have. Um, <laughs> so it was a good time. It was a very good time. But um, yeah. Let's, let's, if you don't mind, I want to go back actually. So, so you're, you're at, you know, you know, uh, you know, two great companies actually back actually, you know, in, in the 2000s, um, products were crazy. So tell us what, what do you, what was the craziest product that you saw out there? Like, just think about actually the one where you're like, they're going to do what? <laughs> like, what was the craziest thing like that you saw that just kind of was like that moment that you're like, I think we might have a problem here. Um, I thought it was going to be one day out of foreclosure, one day out of bankruptcy, but I was wrong. It was actually the pick a pay. The yeah. pick a pay is when I was like, wait a second. So if you can't afford it, you can just pay this, but you're telling somebody it's that. And they're like, yeah, pretty much. And uh, I had a friend that was over at Bear and he was just like, dude, you got to come over. You got to check this out. We're crushing. We're going to crush it. I'm like, yeah, I think we're all done. <laughs> and lo and behold, yeah, pretty much the world ended uh, on that paper. But um, 
Yeah, that was definitely the wildest thing I've ever seen. So I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's amazing. People and they think actually non QM like the old schoolers are like, nah. I just I stayed away from I stayed away from Sun Prime when it was when it was back out then, and I did good actually then, and and I'm staying away from this this newfangled Sun Prime. Like they don't understand actually that this is nothing to do with it. Like this is so different actually of a, of a product. So talk to us actually about um and, and I'm and I'm coming from actually you know a, a webinar that I just had and what so, um. Someone messaged me personally, actually, in the middle of the webinar, said, I'm telling you, Andrew, this is going to blow up one day and you're going to come back to me. But talk to us about actually why actually the, the fundamentals of non-QM is so much stronger, you know, than, you know, the the uh, it's called the greed driven because it was driven by greed by multiple parties, borrowers, everyone else. The greed driven subprime days. Well, what are the huge, huge differences from from a fundamental standpoint? Well, you know, first off, um, the credit quality, you know, the the borrowers that are available and have been available since 2013 for this space have all had a much higher credit quality. If you look at the pools of loans that have been sold and gone to securitization for non-QM, you're going to see an average credit score that's anywhere in the, from 680 up to 720 or could be higher. But that's pretty much the makeup right there. And, you know, as far as LTVs goes, there's so much more equity in the homes now than there was at that port, at that particular moment in time. And that's what we're seeing. And it's not that it's really ratcheting up at any great degree. Now you will see some pools at 75, 76 LTV. Um, and I've seen those maybe even a touch higher. Um, but for the most part, it's right in that sweet spot that we want to be at that, you know, anywhere from 69 to 72% LTV. And um, it's just credit quality and equity that's really different this time. On top of that, there's no need to really go that far down south. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I worked at a company that had that funded borrowers that were 500 or sub 500 credit scores. And there's a reason they're there. And guess what? That also translates to their mortgage payments sometime, no matter how much equity they have. So there's really no rush to get there. But the big thing is the borrower makeup. And the borrower makeup this time is very, very good. Probably because we had so many years of not being able to, uh, or not funding this paper and sticking mostly with just agency lending uh, from 2009, 10 really, all the way up through up till 2013. And then, you know, non-QM didn't really even take off until probably who 16, 17. Yeah. Um, and it really started to get traction, obviously, in 18. But you know, it's definitely been a learning curve for a lot of folks. I mean, I remember walking into a broker shop uh, in Florida uh, with a rep uh, that um, worked for me um, named Karen. And we made a broker's blood boil because he, he was like, you know, I almost lost everything due to um, not New Century, not Resume, uh, the other one. I forget uh, their, uh, their uh, name. Request, uh, uh, Argent? No, no, the other one. Um, ooh, American Brokers can't do it? I'll, I'll remember in a moment. But he was like, I almost lost everything due to that company. Uh -huh. And it was understandably so. But no, it's we had to explain to him how non-QM worked, how um, it was different from QM, safe harbor, rebuttable presumption, and where we fit and everything, and how we're doing this and what the docs are going to look like, the whole the whole thing, just to get a comfort level there. And uh, he also had to realize that he wasn't a correspondent. This was a wholesale loan, so 
quite frankly, the risk is mostly on us, the lender. Yeah. Um, but once that was understood and talked to, it opened up and we had to you know, really blaze that trail to build non-QM, which we were actually calling non-prime back in 13, 14, 15. Yep. And, uh, you know, because we knew nobody would even understand what the word non-QM meant. They're like, so I qualify for a non-qualified mortgage. <laughs> How does that work? You know? And so we try to keep it simple. And, um, and some other folks had some great names too. I mean, Impact had a great name, Alt-QM. Um, you know, that was a great name. Uh, probably that should be the industry moniker. But, you know, non-QM is now here and it's understood. And, and we're a much better place now. I, I, I never thought about that. It's really actually a much better thing than non-QM. It's like, you know, saying something, you're, you are something, no, you're nothing, actually. it's uh, So, all right. So so what would you say, actually, is is most originators' biggest obstacles? Let's say they get they get past the point of actually saying, okay, these are fundamentally good loans. I mean, I mean, and I think, actually, what, what it's been made example, and you look at the performance of the loans, you know, through 2020, like those loans were still performing um, for most of the lenders that I've talked to. So, um, what is the obstacle uh, in terms of actually embracing it and and being able to offer it, you know, to the borrowers that most originators face? Well, I think a lot of originators are scared by the rate and sometimes the documentation. I think they okay. they don't know how to pitch it correctly. They don't know how to talk to the borrower to it. I'm I mean, what I've seen is some folks say, "Hey, look." I'm going to tell them what they don't qualify for. I'm going to mention your product and then I'm going to follow up with them three days from now and I'm going to get them because they're going to hear no from so many other people and yeah. then they're finally going to be ready to go with you. But um, that's the challenge. The challenge is for the loan officers really is the explanation to the borrower why. Um, you know, at a company I work for, what we did with some of the retail folks is – I. We would show them the rate sheet and just say, look at the rate sheets. And I'd go to my retail or broker shops and tell those brokers, hey, show them the wholesale rate sheet. Show them where they fit. It's not going to change. The rate's not going to change. We're not going to give somebody else something better. And you know there's nowhere else really for them to go. So just show them where they fit in the scale and why they fit there. And once they see that transparency, a lot of times they say, okay, sign me up. Let's get this loan done. So, so well, do, do me a favor. If you could do do a little, let's do a little role play here. Let's say actually you you are the broker that actually that that sees actually the the uh, the savvy, financially savvy business owner borrowers come to you, and you realize actually because you know even though actually he's he's driving actually a, a, a Bentley, he's only showing seventy thousand dollars on 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 his returns for the at the end of the year because we all know the IRS doesn't penalize us for being bad business people at the end of the year. So. Yeah, let's let's say actually where we're this and, and you're you're trying to actually have this conversation with me to tell me actually, you know, that that um that I am actually the prime candidate of you know this you know non-QM, alt QM, non-prime uh, loan. So that's an interesting uh scenario right there. And that's probably I think almost half the non-QM scenarios out there are that self-employed, yep. you know, business purpose type person. Um and that is going to be an alt doc deal. That's going to be bank statements. It's going to be asset depletion or asset utilization or some type of no ratio program. That's where that's going to fit. And that's because that borrower 
they're pretty savvy usually, and they can easily understand why they wouldn't fit into the mold of a Fannie agency type loan. However, you show them, if I show you bank statements, if I show a PL, if I show all these assets, I can get you a loan and a rate close enough, down far enough that you're going to have a very good payment. You're going to get the cash out or any proceeds you need, or you're going to get into that house. And, you know, guess what? Over time, over the next year or two, we can, if you want to pay the full pop on taxes and you really want to get to that agency loan, you can still do that. But this will actually get this way. It'll get you into the market, get you into that house, get that cash out. And it's just a, a different method of approaching it with them because look, and there's also knowing when to do it probably and knowing not when to do it. If it, you're leading with that and they don't understand why they don't qualify the regular way, yeah, you're yeah. going to have more of an uphill battle at, unless you explain this to them, why they're not qualifying here and there. And then you show them the other options. But um, the bank statement loans come so far. I mean, from it was 24 months, no messing around back in 13, 14, 15. Yeah. And then it went to 12. And then it went to three and then I've seen two and then there was one and um, you know, and now it's back to three and then some folks are doing a PNL and this and that. And so it's, you know, you gotta look at the performance the performance is there. There's also borrower stated PML PNL now. Yes. It's not just, it's not even just like a, you know, it's a CPA, like, you know, you as the borrower state mm -hmm. your profit and loss. I don't know. It sounds like so, we well, it's funny you ask that. We actually, at Mega, we've just brought out a product, our new product mix. And part of our product mix is a business PL. And with this business PL, um, you know, it's got to match up just like a CPA prepared PL would. Yeah. But if it does, your borrower is going to qualify and they're going to qualify at some different expense ratios that are more appropriate for their business and what they can prove um, their expenses are. And so, you know, that's one of the neat things that we're doing at Mega. I mean, we're not coming out with the, with 31 flavors of loan product. Well, well just um, I'm, I'm, before we get off of that, I, I want to know because listen, and we rarely talk about product on here. Like, like if we come, we talk about the person, we talk about the individual. Um, and but, but I got I gotta say, like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about like what you, what you're doing over there. You know, you've been actually in charge of like the, uh, you know, um, the, the, um, growing non-QM. And you've been part of actually companies that have really been innovative when it comes to products. So, like when you know we had got, when we agreed to do this, I'm like, well, I'm going to talk about product. We're going to have some conversations about product. So, so tell me actually, um, you know, tell me a little bit more about that about the. So it's it's a it's 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 a PNL, a business owner PNL, um, and they're putting it in. So. Um, what, what is it, uh, like what kind of LTVs actually will, will, will you lend out on that? So like I was going down the road of here, um, we're not, you know, we're not going crazy with LTVs. We're not going crazy with credit scores. We're pretty middle of the road. We feel that there's a really good swath that we can capture between 80% LTV down to a 660 FICO. We think we're in a really good spot right there, um, for our initial rollout. And then we're going to start expanding things out as we see we need and as we build our team up in the back end here. Um, so it's it's pretty much well designed in a way to, to build accordingly. So the right product is there. Now, that's not the only product. There's other aspects or ways you can qualify with bank statements. We don't, you know, make just one. While we have 
one, I'd say, signature product in that space. Uh, we have a couple other ways to qualify that I think are more innovative than some of the other folks out there with just a solid expense ratio. Um, so we do that. Uh, then, you know, our asset utilization is a supplement for our other income types. And then what we're really excited about is our investor product. And, you know, we have this product now. We have a one-to-one -one DSCR. And a lot of folks have the DSCR now the 0.75 or the 1.25. However, our mega DSCR product, I'm super amped about, and that's a no-ratio DSCR. Wow. And so what that's going to allow the borrower to do is qualify um, very simply. We're underwriting the appraisal. You know, we're underwriting the other aspects of the file. And, um, you know, there's a couple little ins and outs we'll discuss specifically with the broker that they'll need to provide um, to get the qualification done, get the loan through. But we see that loan closing <laughs> like a week, two weeks. I mean, a very, very fast process for that loan. Um, so we're just engineering this whole operation for speed. We're engineering it so that it's just a very efficient process for the broker. Um, you know, our online engine for dropping the loan in, you can, you're really dropping all the pieces in one shot. You're getting an answer. You're having very few conditions and you're right back out the door on the other end. Um, and so that's how we're, you know, designed the process and the product. Awesome, awesome. I mean, it's and listen to, to understand actually the mechanics behind it. I think is is important. Um, but uh, I just got I got distracted by this. I'm getting you're not lending in New York. So few lenders lend in New York with non QM. It's a it's an unfortunate thing. I know we we've actually dealt, we were talking about that uh, before actually. You know when at a previous company or where we're at, and it's unfortunate. But um, but. Um, uh, Mr. Berman. Yeah, so, so right now we're, we're, we're in 13 states, um, right now, but they're the biggest states, you know, by design, and we're going to be expanding accordingly. So, you know, we have a few on our radar, like North and South Carolina, some more on the East coast and a couple others in the Midwest, um, including Utah. So right now it's most California, Texas, Florida, Washington, Oregon, Arizona, um, New Jersey, uh, Virginia, this is where we, in Washington, D.C., this is where we want to play at the moment where we're building out. We're looking for account executives. We're looking for ops. We have tons of territory open. And um, we just plan on getting more and more innovative, more and more you know, aggressive as far as rate goes um, as we move on. So as far as states, if you're in New York and you're looking to do New York, um, you know, there's a, a couple really good companies that do New York. You know, I would definitely check out. Arc possibly, or a couple others that uh, cover New York, um, and they'll they'll treat you just fine. Yeah, basically go 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 to actually to to Will's LinkedIn profile, and you've got actually contacts right there. Um, so actually, uh, Mr. Berman brought this up. I love this. This is great. Um, is it? Um, is uh, still room for creating new non-current products? So basically, but like you know. What is the future? Like, are we actually at the point where, like, this is all the non-QM products that we'll have? You know, having actually, you know, the you know the, the near miss stuff, the the bank statements, the DSCR. But like, well, do you see actually other potential product innovation that that will come to market? Absolutely, I think there's a lot of trial and error that's already been done and tested in the secondary market and tested with um, rating agencies. Some of it's worked, some of it hasn't, some of it's still going through its trials. 
I think we're going to see a return to things like um, one month style bank statements and three month and, and whatnot. I think uh, I don't see how much more aggressive you or innovative you could get on the DSCR. Uh, I'd be a little fearful of going up much higher on LTVs uh, with any type of product that doesn't require any, any type of um, ratio. But uh, you're, you are, there is always going to be room for trial and error in this. Um, so yes, there will be more innovation and it'll be fun to see who brings forward that innovation. And I think there's going to become more innovation in the underwriting of the loans as far as service levels and automation. I think that's the next level for, for non-QM. Uh, I don't know if there will ever be a full TU style underwrite, but I think there are some folks out there working on AI and things to apply to non-QM that are going to make the process easier or almost self-qualification in some cases right online. Oh, wow. Wow. With non-QM, that is amazing. That's, that's, that's powerful. I mean, so are you, do you think actually uh, like what, any idea – you know what it's taking actually you know to go from application uh you know to a closing table with non-qm loans well remember we're always you know we always have to abide by if it's owner occupied by trade so we're yeah. always going to have you know a certain amount of closing yeah. and, and setting up for that but i think for your business purpose style loans and then eventually once this market comes back like a small balance commercial style space um i think you're going to see more speed in those in those uh, type of transactions. I can tell you right now that hard money space where people like Lima One and Velocity and um, uh, a few others really play in, um, they can close in minutes. I mean, there's AVMs and ways of looking at appraisals. I think there's room for speed to be added there, um, depending on how comfortable we're gonna be with AVMs in the owner occupied market, um, yeah. getting away possibly from appraisals, uh, and depending more on that automation, it seems to be working pretty well, um, for some of those other lenders in that, that commercial space. And maybe that can start to apply to, to residential as well. But, uh, other than that, I think there's just a little bit more tweaking that can be done. Otherwise you just gotta be careful. We don't want to get back to hundred percent LTV one day out of bankruptcy for closure short sale. You know something? I feel like that borrower would be like, okay, this is my second chance. I'm not going to screw up this time. I'm not going to screw up this time. I think I feel like that's better than well, that was a hundred percent LTV. <laughs> okay. Maybe not. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So we got another question. It just popped up here. Um, uh, what sort of volumes are you seeing originated both internally and uh, elsewhere in the market? How do these volumes vary across products from uh, Henry uh, Brokesmith? Um, so you're definitely, well, obviously you see a paper has just exploded over these last couple months with COVID. Um, rates have dropped and I mean, all time highs and funding levels. I know folks who are just having banner, banner years. Now, as far as non-QM, it's picking back up. It's not quite where it was at the end of uh, 2018 and the beginning of 2019. But I have heard folks are now not so much 100 million, but at least in the high, you know, uh, 60 to 80 million a month category. Uh, 
I can't tell you what Angel Oak's doing, don't know, but I would assume that they're probably up there, one of the, and leading that way. And, you know, hopefully we'll be able to uh, capture them or catch up to them one of these days here. And I think we have some a great team and a great product to do it. But um, yeah, the growth is going to be moving towards the non-QM as you start to see the rates in the agency conventional paper start to rise. Um, and, you know, we used to say back then, get prepared for it, get prepared for it, get ready. You better know how to do non-QM because once the agency dries up, you're, you're going to be in trouble. Well, now you really are going to need to know because if you ever thought you were going to have a hangover before, well, you've very much gotten drunk on these rates for the last couple months. And when that dries up and you have nothing else to hit, non-QM is going to save you. Non-QM is going to be there to help you get those high-dollar um, loans done, help you get those self-employed borrowers done, those purchases done. It's going to be a very interesting time in the space. Yeah. Oh, without a question. Um, so, all right, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to ask you this because, listen, you, you um, the two previous companies you worked at, you, you were basically there to build out non-QM. You know, the great companies that, you know, rolled out non-QM um, and just like, you know, especially, uh, you know, Arc did it in like a, you know, zero to 60 in like in a very short time. Um, and Citadel was was there, you know, from, from the beginning, like, you know, before anyone was talking about non-QM. Um, so talk to us, actually, what, what were you excited about the opportunity with, with, with Mega? Like where where did you see like, oh, my goodness, this is where I'm going to actually, you know, to hang my hat actually, and, and help these guys take this to that next level? So that's a great question. And with Mega, there was a chance to put my fingerprints on a lot of things. And Brian Nog, amazing CEO, great guy. And he has a vision. He has a really clear vision. And it's nice to see that, you know, from the CEO leading the company where they want to be. And, you know, non-QM is just a small part of what Mega is and what Mega is going to be. So I just saw a really good opportunity to play a, a good role as a supporting character and help get non-QM off the ground and moving in the right direction. You know, the one thing that we have here is we have a proprietary product. It's our product. You know, we're putting our loans together, getting them set up for bid and putting them out uh, to the street and to the market to be bid on. This is us. This is Mega's loan. And um, we're proud of that. And it's just really great to be part of that and to help build that with this this team. Just got a comment uh, from Joanne. Uh, we need the warehouse lenders to open up. Are their securitization levels climbing? I think every day the warehouse lenders are seeing um, that they need to keep opening up. You know, we're having dialogues with uh, warehouse lenders ourselves about expanding, you know, our capacity and other capacities. Uh, for some of the folks in the space as well. And you can see every day that the 10 year kind of ticks up a little and their volumes dry up a little on the agency stuff, they get more and more interested in non-QM. So that's my take on it. I think everyone's going to start to see that. You just need to reach out to more of the warehouse lenders and get those relationships going. It's extremely important. Cool. All right. So listen, I'm going to ask you one last thing. So save the toughest for last. All right. Ed. As this country just got painted blue, um, you know what? What is what is the impact going to be on non-QM? I mean, just obviously, you know, just just your opinion of like, you know, let's 
let's pretend actually we're we're at a trade show actually at, at a uh, at a cocktail hour, and you're just you know sharing actually what what you feel is going to be actually you know the the future of, of non QM under uh, you know the new administration. Great question. Um, I think we're already seeing you know what non QM is going to look like to some degree. We're going to get a glimpse. We're hearing about it on either from the Chrisman Report or the IMF Daily about uh, new changes in ranks at the CFPB and, you know, what they think of the, um, the QM patch and what was done and what was rolled out. And uh, quite frankly, I think it's going to move back towards a Richard Cordray-style CFPB, if not maybe a little tighter. And that's a little – it's going to be very interesting for the, uh, the bigger banks and whatnot to see how this plays. I think for the non-QM – hardcore out there um, and the folks that are dedicated to the space, I, I don't see an issue. I think they're just going to roll with it and keep doing what they do and get bigger and better at what they do. And then, um, and that's how it's going to roll. I, I think the, the rules that played out here or rolled out um, before the end of the previous administration were, um, were interesting to say the least. I mean, basing things on an interest rate on how, you know, you're really going to qualify them as far as the DTI goes and their ability to repay. Um, you know, for some folks that was a bridge too far. Um, some, for some folks, you know, it's going to be an epic payday and volumes should have been, you know, insane, but um, you really don't know until it gets laid down and actually rolls into law. So with this administration, I think we're going to see what non QM was starting to shape up as um, prior to 2016. And, um, it's going to be a pretty fun next couple of years, I think, in non-QM. And, you know, come on in. The water's just right. Uh, you know, there's nothing subprime-esque about this. It's all very makes sense. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, always great to spend time with you. Um, really, really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you so much for watching us. Thank you for joining us for another Mortgage Leadership Outlook. Uh, we come to you every Wednesday, 1 o'clock Pacific, uh, 4 o'clock uh, East Coast time. Uh, we will see you next Wednesday. Uh, have a great week.